Tzoraim Tov, we continue in the Sefer Bayam Darkecha about Shabbos. We're at the major footnote on the bottom of page Tov Tes Zion. That would be page 416. We're closing in on the end of the chapter about Oneg Shabbos in Gashmias. And the rule that we have is that to the degree we let the spirituality take the lion's share of our focus, to that degree will the physical aspect be at the side. And there's much deeper avoda to all this, and that's what he wants us to look at footnote, Reish Ayin Dalit, that goes through uh, till the end of the parak. So let's discuss this. So he brings down from the holy works that a that really, truthfully, there's a much deeper aspect to the Suda Shabbos, which really is a higher level than even the prayers themselves. Because, as opposed to eating during the week, where during the week, the goal is to satisfy your hunger, you're hungry, you're a human being, you have to eat, and that's the goal of eating, is to satisfy your hunger, so you have koach, to be able to continue to serve Hashem. But on Shabbos, the goal of the eating is to enter into a place called oneg, where the person eats and intends to have spiritual pleasure from the food, from the holy spark that's in it, and to reveal divinity within the physicality, and to connect to the amuna that is within this world. So therefore, what's going on over here? So prayer, we know, is developing, achieving some comprehension of the light and cleaving to Hashem. And there's a true recognition in a spiritual way that, um, and, and, and therefore, if we reflect during tefillah, on what's going on in the physical world, we would say we understand the idea of or makif, there's a surrounding life. Because we're really separated from the world and we take the light from a very high place, which is very loftier than us. That's when we're praying. We're praying, we're going out of this world, so to speak. So we recognize there's a light. And when we come back to the world, yeah, we know there's this light, this light that's an or makif, a surrounding light. But when we come to the meal, we now want to approach, as we call the or hapnimi, the inner light. And the avoda is to recognize with simple amuna that within this physical world and within the normal natural flow of things, that the light is an indispensable part and an inseparable part of the natural realities. And the inner life force of the foods of Shabbos is really a much higher concept because on Shabbos, the food also gets divine light. And that dafka comes when you're eating physical food. And we live with the divine light even in the physical things. And that is really the perfection of living with Hashem and His goodness and to delight with the light of Hashem that's totally within the physical world. Because the divine life force that gives life to everything in this world, that's also what gives the sustenance for the food. And from that, the human being gets sustained and he lives and gets pleasure. 
And this life force that's coming in is, is different on Shabbos than it is during the weekday. Because during the weekday, the, the divine life force is concealed. And all the eating is, as we said, a milchama. So we shouldn't become overly physicalized. I made up a new verb. But to success, to, to succeed in separating the good divine spark from the concealment of the physicality, that's the gross food. But on the Holy Shabbos, the life force of the food is a much higher divine level. And it shines through the physical existence in an inner divine way to the inner aspect of your soul. And therefore, there's the power within the food to get that extra dvekas and that extra divine pleasure because the food on Shabbos has a divine revelation that is clear. And therefore, says the tzaddik, the Shabbos meal is what he calls hashlamas hatfila. It's finishing and perfecting the prayer. And it's not just a continuation, an adjunct to the prayer. As we say in the Kabbalistic terms, askinu sudasa demeimenusa. This is a meal of emuna, where we connect to emuna through the meal. And during the eating, we receive a flow of emuna, receive light. And that is the special nature of the food of Shabbos that allows the emuna to penetrate into a Jewish soul. And that's the difference between we call the derech hamakif, the surrounding way, where over here, rather, the light is mamish enclosed within the foods, and therefore the one who eats receives emuna inside his soul. And the difference where the, the light, that's the inner light, is felt with much more clarity and the person reflects on his eating that the light of Hashem is enclosed in all the food, gives its light and puts the spark in it. And now the person should reflect more that Hashem himself is sending him right now while he's eating the kishka, a divine light. Remember, kishka is Yiddish for kish, a kiss from Hashem. So this is an illuminating light of Hashem that connects to his soul and turns it to be a part of Hashem's existence. And Hashem is putting me to eat on his table and now I have a simcha and a joy of a tremendous closeness at this time. And it's a whole Jewish people in general and the individual human specifically. And how much love of Hashem and how much simcha gets added to the feelings of closeness of Hashem at that time until that feeling of connection and unity is so clear in such a natural way from a clear recognition that Hashem is everything. And then he puts in the brackets, and if it's possible, a person should think before he eats for just a moment how wondrous this day is, a day of dvekas and connection to Hashem, a day of leaving the falsehoods of this world to experience living like a soul, to take pleasure with Hashem and to feel his reality and connection. And from those lofty thoughts, he should begin to eat with thoughts to, to, uh, to, uh, to have pleasure of the body from HaKadosh Baruch Hu's goodness and to have pleasure in this day 
And certainly those thoughts are amazing thoughts. And after the brackets, he says, and Sadikim always made efforts to recognize in all the food what is the divine specific light that's in there. This is already beyond our pay grades here. Because every food on Shabbos Kodesh is connected to a certain specific sphera and a certain unique light of Hashem. And therefore they would think of Hashem's holy names and things like that that are really way beyond what we can do. Those are wondrous levels. But the main basis is not to look at the physical pleasure as its own goal, but rather an assist to the spiritual dvekas that should come and should not get any weaker and to be careful not to fall into animalistic tendencies without the physicality. And that ends that footnote. Now we go to page Tuf Yud Ches for the final selection from the author in this area still. So he's saying now Ha'ola So let's get fine, you know, again to the actual activity and what we're thinking about and everything. She says, Reishis Ladas, the first thing you gotta know is that our existence in the six days of the week is like a prince who has been captured and everything is concealed from the Jew, the true reality, and we're always in a danger and we have to struggle on every point. But on Shabbos, the true reality is revealed for oneself and to the entire world that there's a creator, there's nothing that separates him from us, and every Jew is a holy soul, a portion of God on high, a prince whose soul is longing and yearning and waiting only to cling to Hashem. And the specific time that's designated for this is when we are involved in spiritual activities on Shabbos, like davening and learning, point number one. Point number two, we have to have pleasure and joy from the dvekas and the closeness of this to our Father in Heaven. And if you're not happy, it's a sign that you have not absorbed what's going on. Because simcha and pleasure is a natural, natural outgrowth of the feelings of the soul for Hashem. And therefore on Shabbos alone, it's a day of pleasure, a day of delight, a day of simcha. As Chazal say in the Sifri and Baloska, when Torah says, Ubiyom Sim Chaschem, in the day of your joy, that is Shabbos. Third point, it's not enough with Dvekas of the soul, but we got to get the body involved to help that the soul will have complete Dvekas, and that that's who are surrounding the soul is also happy. And that's why we have the, the pleasure of Shabbos even in the physical realm. And therefore, we have to take to heart that this pleasure is a part of the spiritual loftiness and the meal is part of the pleasure of the soul. And the and the actual avoda is this, that the atmosphere should be elevated with spiritual words, especially words of Torah and Zmiros, and the, the, the spirit and our focus should be to connect the soul to Hashem and the body and its pleasures just an assist to the soul. And it should always be a time of thanksgiving to Hashem. And then in the brackets, he ends the chapter and says, and the perfect picture of this is a Jew living a life of spirituality, a life that's connected with Hashem as a natural feeling and not when you have to push and press and force. 
that life with Hashem, based on Amuna and with feelings of connecting to Hashem, is a natural thing and a very simple reality. And that's the whole idea of the parable that we've been saying of the prince who's not ashamed to dance with lofty happiness because he naturally um, is, a, is, a, is, a, is a aura of joy and dancing. And you're rejoicing with knowing that you're the prince and you don't find that anything strange, but want to connect it with the natural physical world even in the external ways. And that's the end of that chapter. Nice summation. Now we go to the third essay dealing with our own Shabbos and how we deal with Hashem. And that's on page Tafchav. And it's called Shina V'Shabbos Tainug. Sleeping on Shabbos is a pleasure. And that's the Rashi Teves of Shabbos. Shin Beisof. Shin stands for Shina. Sleeping. B'Shabbos, Beis, B'Shabbos, on Shabbos, Tanug is a pleasure. So the author tells us that the Arizal had a custom to sleep Shabbos in the day after his meal, and that is also part of Onik Shabbos. As Reb Chaim Vital writes, quote, sleeping on Shabbos day is very good for tzaddikim because nothing bad dominates on Shabbos, and there's no concern you're going to lose some of the holy spiritual connections to a tzaddik. He's alluding to a very big idea. Great tzaddikim are able to have a tremendous gift that the souls of past tzaddikim, so to speak, merge with their souls while they're awake. The term they use is to impregnate, so to speak. It's called Eber Neshama. In other words, a great tzaddik is learning a great deceased tzaddik's Torah. It's like the deceased tzaddik melds with the tzaddik. So you might say, oh, well, why should I go to sleep now? You're going to lose it. He says, no, you're going to gain even more connection to the departed tzaddik with you. And therefore, Rav Chaim Vital concludes, if it's proper to sleep on Shabbos after you eat, that's what the Arizal did, to sleep in the day after the meal, and he would usually sleep two to three hours. And he says just the opposite. That is part of Onek Shabbos, quote unquote words of Reb Chaim Vital. So now we've got to explain this because in general, the Torah tells us not to sleep so much. As it says in Mishle, don't love sleep. And one of the 48 ways to acquire Torah, it says in Pirkei Yavos, is mi Shina. Minimize sleep. And the rabbis in Sanhedrin said, sleep for tzaddikim is bad for them and bad for the generation. So how could Shabbos be a time and a mitzvah of sleeping? Now in the brackets he says, one thing's clear, the sleep of the Arizal is not like our sleeps. Okay? And tzaddikim merit when they're sleeping to ascend to the heavenly academy and to engage in Torah in awesome ways. But since there's aspects within his words that are meant to teach to others, we have to understand it on our level. Because we understand that Arizal, in the times that he slept, he learned so much Torah when he was sleeping, he said it would take a lifetime to explain what he learned in those two hours of sleep. But we're different. But to explain it, there's really three levels of sleep. Why do people sleep? 
Well, we can give you three reasons why people sleep. There is a desire to sleep, to leave reality, and to escape from your obligations. And to that level, a person really enjoys sleep. He is lazy to get up. He doesn't want to go to work. And this is a negative type of sleep where the Zohar uh, mentioned, where it mentioned, I'm sorry, in Mishle, it says a little bit of sleep, a little bit of slumber, a little bit of closing of the hands to sleep, and then your whole field gets destroyed. So that, that's a negative aspect. Sleeping to avoid the world. Or as we would say, sleeping is a form of a mini suicide. Instead of killing your whole life, you kill a few hours. That's definitely a negative type of sleep. We're not talking about that at all. Second level is when you sleep in order to invigorate yourself, to have more koach, because you work and you're tired. And now when you sleep, it's a gift from Hashem. You sleep the right amount of time, and therefore you're reinvigorated. That's definitely a, a powerful and productive sleep. You put, you put in a heavy work day, you're tired, so you got to go to sleep, so you can do this tomorrow. The third level is the sleeping on Shabbos, where it's the most elevated and most unique. It's a sleep that besides it's giving a strength, like regular sleep does, but it's a sleep full of cleaving and nullification to Hashem. With this sleep, a person goes to sleep not because he just wants to sleep, but a tzaddik will sleep because he wants to achieve dveikus and bitol. That he knows as long as he is awake and moving around. So now he figures, now I'm going to go and deposit my soul with Hashem. And when I give my soul to Hashem, I become incorporated and I cleave to Hashem. And as you're sleeping, you're slowly losing consciousness. You're slowly leaving this world and being totally absorbed in Hashem's world. And your feeling and your intention is with your sleep, you're mavatli yourself to Hashem because you no longer can do anything or exist. And your soul elevates and gets incorporated in Hashem and that's the inner pleasure of sleep. Where I'm not, oh, I'm just I'm so tired, I just have to sleep. No, I want to become absorbed by Hashem with my sleep. So for tzaddikim, I mean, even if they're not really physically tired, they still want to sleep to experience this. Now we know prophets, which we are not, but prophets experience prophecy in their sleep. So we want to, you know, try, try to just um, uh, replicate that in some form, some faux form of doing that. Now, uh, so that is the point. It's part of everything we've been doing. We, we davened. We had the meal, which is a continuation of seeing Hashem in the food. And Hashem puts carbs in the food. We should eat carbs. Carbs put you to sleep. And there should be an aspect of sleeping. But it's all done with that avoda. You say, ah, oh, I'm really tired now. You could say for long summer days, and I need kayak for the rest of Shabbos. I don't want to fall asleep at Shalashudas. But I want to be able to be totally consumed into HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And that happens when I'm asleep, and it's called sweet dreams. 
I'm just going to go into Hashem's world. I'm going to nap and go into Hashem's arms and be part of Hashem, and I can't do anything else. Now, of course, the author then says, but it's obviously, even if this kavana, don't overdo it. Okay? In other words, if you're sleeping when it's not really time to sleep, and it's really a time to move forward in your avoda and make efforts, then that sleep is going to be a blemish because you can lose whatever levels you've achieved. But when you're sleeping as necessary with the right thoughts, that activates big things. And as we know, a chacham will see what's going to be from this. Right? So therefore, you have to understand, a regular person, how does he achieve Kedusha? With learning Torah. And sleep should be with the right measure. In other words, there's some people who like to take a five, six hour sleep on shops. In the summer, big sleep, just to avoid life. Just to relax. No, no, no. We're not. You don't need that much. Yeah, you need a normal sleep. You go to sleep at night. If you normally seven, eight hours of sleep, that's what you get. And normally that should be good for the next day completely. But when there's long Shabbos, for sure, in the day, but you can say, okay, part of this sleep is an avoda to be totally consumed within Hashem. And for that, you don't need more than a half an hour. An hour. And they get up and, and, and move on to do other things that are much more important. Now get up and start learning. So in the winter, this is all hard because there's very little time. But you just want to get up for Shalashudas. Not to sleep through Shalashudas. Or in the summer, want to get up because now we're going to learn for two hours before Mincha, like we do in our shul. And we want to be awake for that learning. And then we want to have Shalashudas and to sing and all these things. So, okay, that's part of you want caught, but you want to, the main thing is to be subsumed in a Kaddish Baruch Hu's reality. And finally, the uniqueness of the sleep on Shabbos. So if that's the case, why is this so unique to Shabbos? Is this such a great idea? Let's do it during the weekday. If I have the right covenant to sleep, let me go to sleep now in the afternoon, and I'm going to think to be bottled to Hashem. But you know what? And, and, and that's the same question we ask about eating on Shabbos. How about during the week should be with the same Kedusha? But we don't make such a big deal about eating and sleeping in the week. The answer is very simple. To succeed in sleeping and eating in the right way, you need a lot of spiritual energy. But during the six days of the week, the physicality is what's pulling us to become lower. And we engage in these activities and just bring us down. But Shabbos has specific divine assistance. Everyone according to their level. And we can get connected to the Kedusha. And then we can get the Kedusha into the food and into the sleeping. But during the weekday, everything is concealed. And we're in a great danger. And even though there may be some assistance from Hashem during the weekday, but you got to try as much as possible to stay away from physical pleasures as much as possible so you don't get sunk into it. But on Shabbos, where the whole world is elevated, that you can even initially enter into these avodas to eat and sleep to what we need and hope that Hashem will help us because they are the days that He brings this energy into us. So that's the sleeping on Shabbos. We move now, we're coming very close to the end. We only got about oh, 14 pages left and a very important section coming up.
and that is called, we're on page Tav, Chav, Gimel, 423. It's watching our speech on Shabbos. The Pasuk says, the prophet says, we honor the Shabbos in everywhere we go. Vidaber davor, and speak words that our speech on Shabbos should not be like the weekday. And this is really a fascinating topic. These psukim define for us, there are words called diborchol, weekday speech. And anything that you're not allowed to do on Shabbos, we can't even speak about it. So you cannot work on Shabbos. So can't speak about your work, even though you're not doing any work on Shabbos. You can't say, well, on Monday I'm going to see six clients. I'm going to talk about this. I'm going to think about it. No. So Shabbos has a new stress. And that's what? Kedusha Sadibur. Sanctity of speech. That we don't only do, don't do actions of weekday nature, but we also have to be so elevated and so holy and clinging to Hashem that we're, we're so separate from all the lies of nature that we don't even speak about the lies of nature. It's not enough to just not do the work and not do any action. But our rest has to be with our mouths, that our mouth should be a proper Shabbos a mouth. And on a higher level, even higher, even to guard what we're thinking about, to not think even about. Now that already is not mandated in halacha, but because it's hard to control your thoughts. You can't even think about what you can't do on Shabbos. Like there was a famous story in Mesech Shabbos. There was a chosid, obviously a chosid. That what happened, that there, he had a fence around his field and there was a little breach in the fence. Now that's not good. Other animals can come in and eat up your own field. So he thought about it. He, said, maybe, he thought, maybe I'm going to fix the fence. Oh no, I can't do that. Shabbos. And I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to think about it. And then a miracle happened. And what happened, instead of the whole shouting it out, a certain type of bush grew miraculously, blocked up the hole, and he was able to have sustenance and support from that bush and the fruits that it gave off. That's even a higher level not to think. Now let's try to understand all this. And let's go back and start from the starting point. Why do we not do work on Shabbos? Because that declares our faith in the unity of Hashem. Then on Shabbos, that light and the truth of that light is revealed. And there's no reason for us to work and do our work because why? We know that everything comes from Hashem. And even during the weekdays, it comes from Hashem. As the Pesach says, Six days your work gets done. Not that you do the work. So we understand even when I'm working, I'm supposed to know it's coming from Hashem. But externally, during the weekday, we need to work as that becomes the channel and the tool for God's flow to come because the Torah says six days you will work and do all your activities. Why? So you shouldn't just sit around and totally deny nature. Hashem wants us to live according to the natural world, which requires work to conceal the unity. And then we have to overcome that concealment and to see it's only coming from Hashem as we talked about this in great length beforehand. Okay, but that's what we talked about not doing work. But on Shabbos, since the light of Hashem shines without any concealment, we're not allowed to work because now we have to let 
the 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 the, the power of our amuna come out clear. And therefore, in, in a more refined way, therefore, we don't even speak weekday things. Because the amuna is so clear, and we know so clearly there's no reason to work. So why do you want to talk about something that there's nothing to be to- doing? And not even to think about it. This is all part of what should be that if it's, there's nothing to do. There's no purpose for me to go to work. So why should I talk about it? Why should I think about it? Because you have to live so much with Amuna that everything Hashem does and nobody else until I don't even speak or think about any efforts to make because there's nothing to talk about, nothing to think about. There's no benefit. And furthermore, person knows I shouldn't be thinking about these things. Why should I think about things that are not proper and don't accomplish anything really? Okay, that's a much bigger level. And then he says, in general, when we're talking about being Shoimer Shabbos, guarding the Shabbos. So, Apialoche, it's not to say things that are prohibited, which means if, if on the weekday, uh, no, let's get clearly here. There are certain things, even in the weekday, we shouldn't say. Lies, lush and hard. That's seven days a week, you don't say. Right? And obviously the whole week we can't say them, but certainly on Shabbos we want to be stricter. What does that mean to see? If we're sitting at the king's table, you've got to remember the reality king and refrain from works, words that don't suit being in the presence of the king. Forget about Usher. That's why the Gemara says, Yerushalmi, that even ignorant people were trusted if somebody asks you, did you give Meiser on your food? Which during the week they may lie. But on Shabbos, people just don't lie. There's no aspect of lying on Shabbos because we're in God's presence. The Shabbos elevates every Jew to such a close place to Hashem that you feel, not that I don't, that I'm just not able to lie. Or I just can't say anything that shouldn't be said. And then when the brackets, he says, so they were very careful with their words. Because the closer you are to Hashem, the more you recognize the truth and live with that reality. You've got to act that way. And they would do that seven days a week. And therefore, included in this fascinating, Amidas Hasidus, was to not speak any language other than the holy tongue. Not to speak French, Russian, German, English. As Rabbeinu explained about the Rizal, he was very careful to not speak the non-Jewish language on Shabbos, except when he had to give a drush to people who only knew foreign languages so they would understand the drush. Because why? Because on Shabbos we should give no credibility to any of the Klippas. They're all nullified. And we only know as Hashem by himself. And any language, we know every language reveals the essence of other nations. So why would I have to speak a language that reveals another nation where they don't really exist? They only exist by Hashem. Now, of course, you want to teach people Torah and they only know another language, fine, because that's part of learning Torah. But that's only when you're necessary to do this. But if you don't need to do it, why do you want to speak in their language to give them any credibility? And finally, Rabbi Chaim Vital concludes... He says, on all signs, you should be careful not to be engaged in idle chatter. 
even if it's in Hebrew. Because the Hebrew language is not just a language, but it is the image of what? Revealing holiness. It's the periodic table of creation. So if you're going to speak mundane word, speech in Lushan HaKodesh, that's not good. Because you're making, you're, 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 you're mundaning the holy tongue. And even just idle chatter, even though there's no malach at all, you shouldn't speak. Because the idle chatter is idle. And that goes to the klipa. And that's not really the truth of Amunah. So we got to be awfully careful how we speak. Now, not all of us can speak Hebrew easily. But one thing's for sure, the way we speak should be much more refined on Shabbos as if you're in the presence of a king. That leaves us tomorrow to, be, uh, to now go into the things we have to stay away from on Shabbos that will take us away from the entire Shabbos experience. Okay, shkayach, everybody.